What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, baby. Hello, my love. Uh, ready to talk about some sex. Let's do it. Uh, before we do that, though, let's uh, let's just address. Uh, let's address. Uh, um, let's address Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. It has been a. It has been a crazy week and a couple days. Mm-hmm. Um. It's been a crazy fucking past few hundred years, but like this past week and a and a bit has been really wild to see. Um, I think it's like I I I I'm pretty sure. Like I'm, I'm I think it's safe to say like we are currently witnessing the largest civil rights movement in the history of the world. Yeah. Um. There are literally people marching and protesting in every single state. Almost every single province, 
fucking all over Europe, all throughout Asia, Australia, New Zealand. Like it's, it's, it's fucking everywhere. The UK. And, uh, and all because people are finally waking up to the fact that, um, that we live in a very unbalanced yeah. world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, having said that, you know, we didn't re- release an episode last week. We wanted to take time to stand in solidarity with, with everyone who, um, who took last week to like, just sit back and listen and to, to, to do some like internal work on, on how, you know, personally, like, like do some internal work on how, like I've been contributing to that unbalanced system. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and yeah, it was a long, like it's, and it's still within, I'm still within that process. And I think you are too, of just like, of a lot of learning and a lot of unlearning and a lot of like guilt and like realization that, um, that it's, it's, it's super fucked up that it's taken this much pain and this much hurt to like finally wake up to this to to what's happening right now. I also think the circumstances, (laughs) uh, the environment, the COVID-19 quarantine, global pandemic, Mm. all prepared everyone to be as affected as they are by this, you know, and that goes for whatever reaction people are having, you Mm -hmm. know, people are raw and people are ready to, ready to make plans for a new world. Mm. Yeah. And I, so it's, it, it's that perfect storm of, of timeliness and, readiness and uh, I'm really bowled over. I'm, I'm, my eyes are open and there's some really, I've just been, you know, I'm sure like you just like looking at all, listening to all the podcasts and (coughs) reading all of the articles and the news and, you know, it's just, um, yeah, I'm listening Mm. for sure. Um, how, so, you know, let, we'll, 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 we'll move on with the, you know, our regular scheduled programming here, but before we do, I just, I want to be like very clear, uh, we, we are to, to all of our black listeners, we see you, we fully support you. We stand beside and, and in, in front of you, um, we're we're totally fucking on board with with this movement and 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 Black Lives Matter and and if you and and I also want to say to any of our listeners who have a a problem saying Black Lives Matter or or like are are inclined to want to say All Lives Matter, if you're one of those people and you're listening to this podcast and that is you, uh, reach out reach out to us. Because I, I would, I, I honestly would like to have a conversation about why, why you feel that way right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can, fuck, dude, you can fucking email me, Jeremy at sickboypodcast dot com. Just send me a personal email. I'd love to talk about that. Mm. Okay. Uh, okay. Thanks, baby. Shall we move on? Shall we? I guess. I mean, w- yes. I guess we shall. 
Um, well, we, we've got a full episode in store for everyone today. Um, we are, we are, we're going to throw to a conversation that we had with, um, with Andrea Barica. How do you pronounce her last name, Brady? Barica? Um, God damn. Why did you ask me that? <laughs> I don't know. Bar- it's Andrea Barica. I'm just, I'm, Barica. I'm just kidding. We, we know exactly what it is and it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's Barica Barica or Barica. It's, it's one of those three. Uh, we, we have a conversation with Andrea, uh, so sorry, Andrea, who is the founder of O School, uh, which is a really, really fucking cool resource. And they're up to some amazing work in the world of sexual education. Um, and this is, this is actually one of my like favorite conversations from this year so far. Um, but before we do throw to that, I have an announcement to make. Oh. Are you ready for this, Brad? Sure. Hit me up. All right. Here we go. Should I hold my breath? Just had sex. <laughs> Someone, uh, I, babe, I had what sex. What happened? I had sex. <laughs> I had sex. Well, so good. well, let me say, let me say this. Uh, so, you can say whatever you want. <sighs> it's, I, so, I know that uh, saying that, there might be some people that are like, wait, what the fuck? What do you mean you had sex? How did you have sex? Um, so we are, still, we are still in a pandemic. Don't forget that. And, um, and, but yes, I, I did have sex. And I have to give kudos to some of our listeners. And, and, uh, and although there's probably some listeners that aren't going to agree with what I'm about to say. After a while back, there was like, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks back, we were talking about I was talking about how I was feeling really down about the fact that I'm. I, it's going to be a long time before I can like, like fucking be like touch another human being or like have sex with another human being. And I was I was like feeling a little bit depressed about it because like the world in Nova Scotia right now in Halifax, the world's opening back up. Like my favorite, yeah. my favorite bar just opened back up. You can oh. go get your hair cut at the barber. You can, you know, you can go out and do all the things. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I can't. I can't. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to just stay tucked away in my own little bubble. I'm going to like, you know, cause I don't want to, I don't want to risk it that maybe there's a second wave. I, you know, I, I don't know how to handle it. And so, in that realization of like, wow, everyone's going back out into the world and then I'm stuck here. I was like, fuck, I'm like, am I not? And then you said, bride, we, we were talking and you were like, yeah, you might have not had sex for two years or something fucked. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fucking fuck. Like, I, I, dude, I was like, that made it way worse. Oh, no, I not usually. That's not usually my habit. No, things worse. Oh, yeah. That? No, not usually. No, you usually make things <laughs> a lot better. But you did not at this in this case. And so then we had we had a couple of listeners that were like, dude, why don't you tr- like, why don't you treat this like you would with like any other partner when it comes to like practicing safe sex? Yeah. Makes um, sense. And I was like, huh? Yeah. Good point, right. listeners. Right. You guys should be the host of the show. Too fuck. And so anyway, I had been talking to someone for a little while on, you know, I think I think we met on Tinder or something, but and it turns out they're they are immunocompromised as well. 
and they have been like, like loophole. Yeah, yeah. So they have been socially isolating um, on in a very remote area, pretty mm-hmm. far away from here. Mm-hmm. And we got to talking, and and after after a couple of our listeners like said this thing to me, which was like, "Yo, what if you find someone else who's immunocompromised? Somebody else who's a hermit, and like somebody else who who is like who, who you." Th- you think is like isolated. Why the fuck couldn't you see each other? And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe you're right. So I put it out there to this person and yeah. I said, Hey, listen, just saying. Were you chatting? Yeah. Yeah. We, you yeah. guys were already chatting. We were already chatting. We already had like, vi- like video sex. Like oh. it, it got to that point. We, we were already like, okay. There okay. in terms okay. of like se- sexual, like tension and energy. Mm-hmm. Um, You're ready to take it to the next level. Yeah. 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 And so I just said, I was like, hey, look, I'm just going to put it out there. If you're ever in the city for whatever reason, maybe you stop here first before like doing anything else. Because they have an apartment here in the city, but they've been staying outside of the city for for, like isolation purposes to like really get away from it all. And they thought about it and took me up on the offer and fucking basically came straight here and so here's drove the, all that way yep didn't sh- didn't stop and shower just got right <laughs> to the house well no they, they went to their apartment showered and then came here and like dropped oh, off oh, dropped off oh, a bunch I of see. stuff at their apartment I see. But then came here i see anyway that that doesn't matter but um i gotta say this so listen yeah i'm listening When I finally, this person was the first person that I had like, I had been more than like five, six feet away from since March 13th, I think, or March 12th. Ah, That's so crazy. It was so crazy. No, like it was so crazy. Brady, I swear to fucking God, just simply by hugging this person and like sitting on the couch with them for like 10 minutes of like just being like remotely close. It felt yeah. like it felt like I took Molly. It oh. like I I legitimately was um was overwhelmed. With, I it must have been some sort of crazy like dopamine response or something. Yeah. Because I was like I was my my it, every like my whole body was like sensitive and my like and and my my heart rate was up and like my like it was like it was like a it was a like it was like euphoric Red Bull or something. Like it was really fucking, and I had to like, I, I had to, I almost had to like leave them. I, I almost had to be like, excuse, like I almost had to excuse myself. Cause I was like, this is, I don't, I don't think you understand. Cause they stayed with their parents. So they were like, you know, they're, they're around people, other people. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, th- I, did, I really don't think you're going to like get this and I don't want to weird you out, but like I'm, I'm kind of tripping out right now. It huh. was really, really overwhelming. Anyway, we ended up having sex and mm. it felt really nice. And then yeah. I had a little bit of like, like fucking buyer's remorse, you know, like, like the next day I was kind of like for like an hour, I was like, Oh my fuck. What did I do? Was this a bad idea? Did I, did I do right. something bad? Nervous. I did something bad. Like I'm going to get COVID. What if I get COVID? If I get COVID and I die, like how, how are they going to feel? Like, I was totally fucking losing it. And then I talked to Becca and, and talked to Taylor and Brian and they were like, dude, zero risk. Like you're fucking fine. Don't worry about it. Well, that's good. 
I'm so glad for you. And I, and I'm glad you had that sort of intense experience of touch. Did I ever, did you ever hear the poem that I wrote about touch? No. Was it one of the poems that you wrote in your diary when you were seven? No, I definitely didn't. About the milk, the milk boy. No. Should I read you my poem or no? Yeah. Wait, you have a poem like teed up? I have a poem. That you wrote? You have, a, a you have a poem teed up that you wrote. We didn't plan this, ladies and gentlemen, folks. No. People of all people. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm right. Wait, okay, do you, it's wait only, is this, are you, is this, do you, are you, what, you're not even looking at your phone. Is this memorized? No, it's on my computer screen. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, it's not a full poem, but it's a beginning of a poem that I wrote about, uh, I actually, I think I wrote this when we first opened our relationship. Okay. Okay. <sighs> okay, I'm not used to reading my. Hold own on, poetry. is this poem not about me? It's about, it's about the first guy that you saw after we opened our relationship up. No, 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 no. It's just God about, damn it! Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> I'm joking. The male ego I'm just ju- never ceases. It's a joke. Hit me! Touch me. I'm blushing already. What is it about that offer, that suggestion that feels a bit much, abrupt, rough even, in the space between my body and yours, between us? It's almost foreign, a body language not meant for strangers. Hands, arms, cheeks, skin. Sounds dangerous. To compliment words or to take the place of them with your body, say something. I extend the invitation. And be patient, just after initial sensation, that unsettling navigation, temperature, pressure, context, vibration, check in. Feel that? Chemical reaction to friendly touch. Receptors receiving information, lightning fast reaction, oxytocin. A promotion of trust, compassion, pro-social emotions, and bonding. Survival, it's primal, on a central somatosensory level. Also, a decrease of cortisol, slower heart rate, lower blood pressure, a meditative lull, a soothing sense of safety, a healthful state to combat weighty stress and illness, inflammation, a sedation of the fight-or-flight negotiation. Also, dopamine, a rush of infatuation, bold motivation and focus, but in high concentration, it nurtures addiction, triggers the reward center of the brain, encouraging repetition, a desire to take risks and explore, loss of inhibition. So be a wise and skillful touch technician. Whoa, I like that. Wise and skillful touch technician. You like that? That should be the name of the episode, to be honest with you. (laughs) Okay. Skillful touch technician? Fuck yeah. Mm -hmm. I love that. That's, babe, you're so good with words. Thanks, you're baby. such a you're such a, a good word lady, a wordsmith wordsmith smithstress smithstress. <laughs> um, Thanks. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of what you just read just kind of like really resonated with me. Yeah, that's the science, baby. That's the science. It was it was also really intense in the like in the in the sense that it, you know, it was like it was a, a very nice temporary moment in time that existed within this like little bubble you know they they are now gone back to their private island their yeah yeah um and you know things are like back to back to what they were 
days before that here, right? And and there was like I did have this really uh, it must like I don't know maybe it was a crash like a, a sort of like mm. a sort of endorphin crash. That makes but sense. I I definitely like had a come down, and in that come down I was like like devastatingly missing Becca oh. because it was just like this almost this. Uh, like re-realization that like, holy fuck, I'm not going to see her until mm-hmm. like this time next year, you know? Wow. That's um, crazy. Where, whereas like when we, when we first decided, when she first decided to go to Yellowknife, um, yeah. it was like, oh, well we'll see each other every like four months or we'll see each other every like three months. Is that and, only different because of COVID? Yeah. Well, yeah. Fuck. And since COVID she's been, she, dude, she's been there for six months there. now. She like it's been half a year. To. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah, so anyway. Yeah, I miss Becca too. Becca, if you're listening, I miss you too. So there's that. But that's cool news, and that's good to know. And and, and do you think there'll, there'll be a second date, a second in-person date? or? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just like down the road when... Yeah. Yeah, after, and who knows? After who knows? two weeks and neither of you get sick? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Who, who knows what that'll look like? I'm not really sure. But you know what it did? It did do. It offered me a little bit of, um, and I want to be very cautious in the way that I say this because, um, again, I'm, I don't take, I don't fucking take this COVID thing lightly. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I've stayed home during the, during the, the Black Lives Matter marches and, and, and protests, like, which fucking kills me. But I've stayed home because I don't, I'm, I don't want to risk, I don't want to mm-hmm. risk getting sick. Yeah. Um, and there's, and there's other ways to support the movement. Yes. Considering yeah, uh, that context uh, as well. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, and so again, like, and, and in, in making this decision to, to having this, this woman over, you know, there was a lot of like thought that went into that. There was a lot of discussion back and forth between her and I that went into that. A lot of like, look, I trust, I am trusting you. You're trusting me that we are both. Um, but it also, that experience in and of itself also gave me this sense of this like confidence in like, in going, okay, th- this, I, I, Maybe there's maybe there's more opportunity to experience something like this with other people as long as there's like this really clear um and and like caring and and loving conversation behind the 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 weight and the risk that goes with it and and like ensuring that everyone is like that this is the you know this could like work out the best way possible. So having said that, I mean what I mean is like Maybe, maybe I could do this again with somebody else who's, you know, who's mm-hmm. also like, yeah, no, I've been, I've been doing my bubble thing. Like, and I'm not really, yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's good to, too, to notice that people are going to be doing that. You know, you're not the only one yeah. who's going to be doing that. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I wonder too, like, we're like, I know they were doing this in Ontario, but if we get to a point where any, just anyone and everyone can get, go get tested. When, like at, you know, if someone wants to get tested for COVID, like if they can just go do it. Yeah. Like if we got to that point, I think like maybe here in Nova Scotia, because currently we're, it's not like that. Like you need to show some signs or symptoms. They really are broad and like it can be any sign or symptom. Like Taylor yeah. got tested the other day because he was like, I feel tired. 
He's right. like, I, I know that it's fatigue from working Fuck. out too much, but I'm just going to go get checked. Maybe and get he checked. and he got his results back in t- 12 hours. It was really? fucking crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. I've been um, really tired. I've been really tired. Maybe I should get tested. <laughs> I am like, I, I, I don't I, think I, you need to, but like, <laughs> you know, maybe just maybe if, if they're, if they're willy nilly giving them out, then why not? But if they're, you know, if they're trying to reserve supplies or something, maybe don't. Yeah. Yeah. I am it. honestly, so I'm in the middle of like, um, a, 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 a job, a project that is very fulfilling but also I think probably has some subconscious, um, I think also subconsciously or maybe not even subconsciously, I have to be really aware of my mental, physical, spiritual, emotional state because I'm, when I'm, I'm out in the country on Prince Edward Island um, taking down my childhood home from the attic to the basement, taking home my grandfather's childhood home next door from the attic to the basement and I have numerous hoarders in my family no one else can get home we've got these two properties my grandmother just died you know everything needs to be cleaned out and I'm loving it like my organizational brain my like do it brain like my masculine side is like perfect organized moving things around you know how much I love to organize totally you know are are you calling what, what what are you again? Are you Sagittarius? Or what's your what's your? You I'm Pisces? a Pisces. Yeah, Pisces. Right? Is that a Pisces thing? Are you? Is are you like living your best Pisces life? Um, I don't think I'm living my best Pisces life. Um, right. I think my Pisces. Um, I don't know much about this, but I feel like the Pisces part of me might be the person that might be the part of me that is um, when I drive home after, so it's an hour commute out here to the country to do this every day. And then on my drive home, I'm like feeling pretty good. But then as I'm getting into bed, I start having anxiety attacks about Mm. the work. I think Mm. that's more my Pisces side. But the anxiety is not about like getting the project done because I'm a good manager and I'm like, calling the people and I'm getting the trades mm-hmm. out here and I'm doing the work and I'm really organizing. But what's happening is like there are multi-generations of emotional baggage in right. this house, mm. not only with like the hoarding and the collecting, but like I got into a corner of my grandmother's house today that has always been the scariest room to me. It's like dark. There's never any breeze. It's a really weird room. Everything's just kind of musty. Well, There's, okay, it's so definitely haunted. This, if you're feeling like that when you walk in there, and you've always felt that way. It's haunted. well, I haven't even to- finished telling you what happened today. So oh, I get into this corner, and so my grandmother, you know, a scrapbooker, right? And when I say scrapbooker, I mean she basically recreated every day's newspaper in her own version in a <laughs> scrapbook. Like it doesn't matter whether it was personal shit or just like random community shit or nothing to do with her shit. But then she had like scrapbooks that she made for different people and whatever. So I'm going through this bookcase of all kinds. And then she kept papers that were like just the covers of greeting cards because you could use those in scrapbooking. And, you know, like every piece of paper that ever crossed her path in her life. She never threw out a piece of paper. So I'm going through it all. And and I've been talking to my grandmother a lot while I've been doing this work out here because she's, you know... I feel like she's watching me shovel her like 
oh, God, collections into the garbage and panning. So I talk to her all the time and I tell her how much we love her and blah, blah, blah. But then today when I was in this corner in my grandma's house that I've been avoiding because I it's d- the scariest fucking corner to me. I don't know if I want to hear this, man. I'm getting like, I'm getting legit like hereditary f- mind flashes and I've, I've, it's been a couple of years and I've, I've worked that movie out of my yeah. fucking psyche. Uh-huh. So anyway, <laughs> I open up the bottom cupboards okay. of this. I've just gone through this whole stack. I've just gone through this whole stack of bookcase, this whole bookcase, and I keep hearing, and I, okay, anyway, oh and I God. open up the bottom of it, and it's stacks of paper scrapbooks from like the 1950s, her oldest scrapbooks, but they're they're damp, you know, there's no salvaging any oh, of that, Jesus it's just Christ. pure paper, it's, and bang, I hear this like big bang. And I go out and I have, and I look around and I can't see anything that's fallen or anything that's like could have slammed. So I go back to the work and I start taking, I get to the pile of papers that I've already decided I'm going to get discarded. I want to look behind me and I can see behind me in the fucking camera of my fucking zoom. Like I, I know it's behind me, but I don't want to look behind me. Yeah. (laughs) And so and so then I get to the pile of papers I've decided to discard and I start shoveling them into bags. And as I'm shoveling into bags, I come across this one piece of paper and it's like a, a transcript, like, a, like a, a university or high school transcript of Virgin's. And I'm like, for a second I go, oh shit, am I throwing out something that might be historical and important? Bang. I hear this other bang. Again, I go what? out, I look around and I just felt like, it was just so clear to me that whether it was her or whether it was her mother or whether it was Brent's mother just in there being like, stop throwing my shit out. Like, that's important. Oh, my God, dude. That's what it felt like. And I honestly, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I would not. I would have been out of there in a flash. But I had just met a couple out here who were doing, um, I just got them to start doing like lawn work and, and it was only because they were outside running the lawnmower and like stuff that I was able to just stay in the room and finish the room. It was, it's the only time of day that any light comes in through the window. I was like, this is now or never. Holy And then I'm fucking checking out of this room because it's, it's, it's haunted. It was definitely, definitely haunted. That is, that is the, that is officially the most legit ghost story anyone's mm-hmm. ever told me that I know personally. Just wait. I still have a whole attic to do. Oh my God, dude. It's like, it, you're, I honestly, and I refer to it again. I mean, I've watched Hereditary like seven times, but that scene where she goes into her workshop and she's like just tidying up and she just saw, she's looked at, you know, the little miniature house that she's working on and she shuts the light off. And when she turns off the light, all of a sudden the like silhouette of her mother in the hallway light is just standing there. And then she, she sees it and turns the light on and it just disappears as soon as the light comes on. Woo. That shit. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. And you know, what's been so crazy, you know, like if you're just tuning in now, you know, my dad, he died. It's been a month now since my dad died, which is bananas. And, and my grandmother died, you know, two months before that. And so I'm out here and there's all these, these, all these, um, 
impressions and, and, and remnants of my dad and, and the life that, you know, we had in this house, Mm. you know, and then same thing with my grandmother, all these treasures. And, um, but then like, I've, I've been processing all of my old beliefs and shit from childhood about love and relationships. And, you Mm. know, just like really wrapping my head around the fact that my stepmom was only 27 when she was responsible for me. She has a very, very private and secret past that I won't mention on this on this podcast, but that she doesn't talk about that. I've also found a bunch of evidence of in my grandmother's house in all of this, this, did I not know about all this this stuff? No, I'll tell you off the air, but it, it, yeah, just like, you know, and so it, it really is like, everything's there's so much broken shit there's so much garbage there's so much cheap shit and i'm so thrilled to so like cheap be shit. the only one here who can like ara- resurrect like our belongings in a way that's like this is quality and this is what you deserve and we deserve this and you don't have to save the fancy olive oil for the minister when he comes over like we're the we're the good company like we're, our fam <laughs> like we mm. we deserve to have nice things and and I'm fighting for that for my family, even though there's no resistance. Like, I'm not talking to anybody about it. And my stepmother's so grateful that I'm doing the work. But, like, I can feel the emotional labor involved in what I'm doing right now. And, and, and my stepmother herself so was like, you're saving me years of therapy and going through this. Dude, but- how, how fucking amazing is 2021 going to be? You know what? Like, like, I'm not having a terrible 2020. I, I'm, I'm not saying anything about terrible. I'm, I, it's, uh, you know, nothing. It's not, not neither good nor bad. It's just, it just is what it is. Which it's, which what seems to be is, is intense. Um, yeah. It's, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's at like hands down. It's the most. It's the most extreme, intense year I, I've. I, uh, that I can remember in Christ, like ever, ever in my in my like, in my fucking life, really. Like, it's, do you, it's, you feel like your entire life has changed? Oh my God, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. In every in every sense of the way, mm-hmm. like in every atom of my like everything is just being reset. Yeah, everything, everything. Yeah. Like it's fucking crazy. And then you know, it's it's like. Cause you we're we're in this together. You and I, you and I are in this together. When I say we're in this together, I don't mean like I do mean globally, but like I also am talking about you and I right now. Like yeah. we're in this together. You know, it's like the the death of your your grandmother, your your nana, your father, the like the the state of the world, the COVID fucking this movement we're in the middle of. Like it's it's all it's just so. It's big stuff. It's big stuff. It's just such big stuff. I, I, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get lost in that and beat that to death. But, but it's just making me like, like I just I'm thinking about all the gray hairs that I have right now because because you don't live here anymore right now, and uh, Becca also isn't living here, and those are the you are the only two people that I've ever relied on to pick up pluck out my gray hairs. I my gray. I don't know if I don't know if it's 
just what it would normally be like if no one was here and my gray hairs are just growing like this? Or if there's an increase of gray hairs because of everything that's going on, because there's so, like such an influx of like, what fuckery are we with it? Like what fuckery exists right now? This is so awe striking that like, oh my God, all my hairs are just all going. There's so much gray hair. Like I just haven't. Wow. I got my first gray hair. Or I noticed my first gray hair when you were in the hospital for pneumonia the first time. Oh yeah, I can see it. Looking it's, like a silver fox. Yeah, it's, 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 so anyway, all that to, all that to say, yes, I, I feel like I am completely changing. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it's changing me in that by 2021, I'm going to have salt and pepper hair. So, well, that will be fabulous. I, you know what? I think we should, um, I, I would love to queue up that, uh, that little quiz we have yes. lined up. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, yeah. Right. Sorry. I'm... We'll throw it towards, well, th- before you get any more gray hairs, before you get any older, let's, uh, let's, let's throw it over here. <laughs> we, um, we had this conversation a couple of weeks ago with Andrea, who's the founder of O school. And she is in this really cool intersection of technology and sexuality and, um, as you'll hear, she was inspired to, to, to get into this kind of neighborhood of, of sexuality b- because she was felt in desperate need of, uh, of her own sexual education. And, and we've seen a couple of different resources like this, but O school, um, is, uh, is a really accessible sexual education site that it, it, is basically, as she explains, is created based on the questions that people are Googling. This is going to be uh, really fun. I'm looking at this right now and I'm stoked to do this. Yeah. So one and, of the, and just, just for people so, so that you know, the website is o.school. That's it. It's yeah, not, no it's not o, o.school.com. It's like the, the, the URL no is www. O. Dot, none yeah, of that. It's just o.school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, they have these, uh, they have this, this this little uh, questionnaire you can fill out to get um, a customized set of what's called orgasm uh, cards. They're like uh, basically a series of questions that um, can help you communicate with your partner about what you like to feel. So, um, so cool. Jeremy, should we get started? Okay, yeah. So, do you want so, me to ask you or? Well, I I have it queued up here. Um, okay. <clears throat> it says, "What gets you in the mood?" And it says, choose as many as you want. Do you have the same answers that I have on your end? I, yeah, the answers I have are soft caresses. Yeah, same. Being grabbed tightly. Okay, cool. Grinding. So you, yeah. Yeah. Same. So, want, okay, yeah. so what gets you in the mood? Choose as many as you want. Soft caresses. Uh, soft caresses, yeah. Yeah, definitely soft caresses get me in the mood. Being You're grabbed. You're not going to want to consider every every item this thoroughly because there's a lot oh, of pages. Oh, it goes a lot? Okay, all right. Yeah. All, right. Yeah. all right, then Then I'll, you know what? Then I'll just go like yes or no, or hard yes or hard no. Okay. Uh, being grabbed tightly, yep. Grinding, yes. Closed mouth kissing. What planet? Come on, people. Kissing with lots of tongue, yes. Of course, lots of tongue. Watching porn together, yeah, yeah. Watching porn. Nipple plate, absolutely not. Massages... <laughs> Okay, well, we um, fucking zoom. I uh, we won't. We zoomed through that quiz. We zoomed through the quiz, literally. 
Uh, Zoom, Zoom fucking dropped a recording when we started the quiz. When we started the quiz, but I did the whole thing. So here's the here. Let me. I guess I'll just lay out what happened. Yeah. So, so it so it asked all these questions, and and I was clicking all the answers, and they're very like well rounded, very good like, and questions that I haven't even like really thought about of myself personally ever. And then at the end, once you finish it, I, I clicked a button. And now I'm, le- I'm left with this like little deck, digital deck of cards that I can download and print off at home. And the cards, Bridie, you'd said they're meant to be given to your part, to a new partner or like to your, to any partner that you have, like almost like a game that you can play. So, so I'm imagining someone coming over for the first time and we're sitting on my couch and we're about to start making out. And I say, actually, just one second. And I pull it. I little, like a lot of tongue. I like, yeah, I pull it. Well, see yeah. here on this card. Yeah. See here on this card. I don't like closed mouth kissing. You didn't, <laughs> you didn't read my cards. You didn't do your homework. Uh, so, so yeah, it says good for one orgasm or more. That's the first card. Second card says, get me in the mood with being grabbed tightly, grinding, kissing with lots of tongue, watching porn together, cuddling. And sexting. And then the second card says, during sex, I like giving oral sex, getting oral sex, cowgirl, reverse cowgirl, missionary, doggy style, behind on belly, deep thrusting, butt play, sex toys, spanking, and dirty talk. So you selected all those from a menu of things. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I pretty, the, the menu, I pretty much just clicked everything on that menu. It's like an all you can eat sexual buffet. That, that was a buffet. Situation. Yeah. The way I like my bits and parts touched are on head and tip, up and down, kiss it, lick it, and suck it. And then it comes with, and then, kiss so these it, ones are a little it. bit different because these ones have a, a scale of the type of pressure and the, mm. and the sort of rate at which you want to be touched. So it's, so the, the way Speed. I, the, the ways I like my bits and parts touched, there's, a, there's the one scale that's pretty far over on the deep pressure. And then uh, the speed is pretty, it's actually quite low on the slow motion tease side of things. So you like it slow and hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> slow and deep, deep pressure. Um, the ways I like my penis touched are right on the tip of the penis, the glands, up and down, over the whole penis, swirling around the tip, two hands, and suck it. And again, is these are all- Is this how you would read this to a partner? Is this how you would read this to a partner? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I like all of those things with <laughs> deep pressure. Next time you have a quarantine buddy come over, just sit them on the couch and stand in front of them like you're giving a public one of your public speeches oh with God. some recipe cards in your hand, with these orgasm cards in your hand, yeah. and just go, no, 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 just wait. I'm almost done. I have only, f- I have only five more cards to go. Welcome to my pleasure TED Talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then, and then the the last card is the ways I like my balls touched, uh, which I had a hard time with that one because I haven't had my balls. I just I'm just realizing now, after filling this out, that like I haven't ever really asked for or or have really had much attention paid to my balls. The balls are, you know, balls are. I cannot relate at all yeah. to what ball sensation must feel like this is what i imagine and so this is how i touch balls what i imagine is it's the same sensation as the outer labia 
you know, because mm. it, it, mm. it sort of feels mm-hmm. like the skin is similar, mm-hmm. the function, right. you know, the placement is right. And so it's like, I'm like, yeah. 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 Okay. Like, right. Because if I just took my like wet finger and was just rubbing just that part of you. Yeah. You'd be like, I mean, yeah. I don't hate it, but like, I also don't It's kind of like, you can kind of cup that part of the body. <laughs> yeah, right, And right. like entertain the clit over here. And it's very yeah. similar to like mm-hmm. cupping the balls and then you just have a that's bigger clit. That's really interesting, Brad. I never thought about it that way. That's yeah. cool. So anyway, yeah, I don't know much about my balls. So if, if anyone does want to <laughs> know and they are coming over, uh, the ways I like my balls touched, I think, are cupping, <laughs> pulling on the scrotum, mouth them two at a time, use a ball stretching toy. I have no idea. That just sounds fucking what? fun. What? And suck them. And then I have, it's, so the scale, it's, a, it's, it's, it's not deep pressure. This is one where I'm like, I feel like it, it goes against the other part of me. Uh, this one's light touch, but still slow motion tease. Still slow. Yeah. I like the slow. Yeah. So that's, so that was, that's a cool, that's a cool little thing now that I have. It's a good conversation breaker, uh, icebreaker, yeah. conversation starter. So, so again, this is all available and, and we're going to go into this in depth in this conversation uh, with Andrea, but this is all over at o.school. And again, if, if you're not familiar, it is a resource that until I became familiar with o.school, uh, it's a resource that I didn't know I needed until I fucking mm-hmm. found this. And this thing is, it really is unbelievable. It's amazing what they have done. And uh, we we dive deep into all of the work that Andrea and her team have uh, been doing over at ODOT School. So with ha- lots of nods to the people who came before them and created the resources, That's the right. sort of the blueprints of the of where they are. And yeah. you know, she I really I really dug how she uh, she imparted that mm-hmm. throughout the conversation. Um, yeah, so let's throw to that conversation then. Um, and, uh, we hope you enjoy it. Um, oh, you have one more thing to say. I do have one more thing to say. I wanted to start with you folks. Um, um, it's been two years since we've been on Patreon and there have been a handful of you who have been supporting us from the very beginning. And I, I wanted to start the episode with a huge nod to you, but let's, I'll, I'll, I'll finish this intro just by saying um, all of you who are our patrons are are just, you know, we're so grateful and, and uh, to be able to be continue putting out episodes, even though we're not in the same space and all the traveling and, and episode collecting we've been able to do. Thank you to your, thanks to your contributions and um, a really, really special thank you to those of you who have been with us since the inception of our Patreon um, thank you, Alice, Allison, Haley, Ian, Isaac, James Paul, Jesse, Lacey, Lindsay, Matt, Megan, Melanie, Ramsey, and Sarah in alphabetical order. Thank you so much from the bottom of our, our hearts. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, honestly, you know, we say it a lot, but you, you, you mean the world to us. And this podcast literally, literally, um, and figuratively would not exist if it, it would not be continuing. It would not be a thing if it wasn't for your support and your continued support. So thank you. Thank you. Um, and uh, all right, cool. Well, now let's throw it to this episode. This is a fucking, I love this conversation and I know you're going to love it too. And Andrea's the shit and can't wait to see more of the work that they do over at O.School. 
See you soon. Well, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to to dive into this conversation, uh, Andrea. I feel like this is like this is something that we've we've kind of been working to to bring to fruition for a little bit. Um, That's right. Uh, we were going to come visit you in um, in California when we were there in January. We were hoping mm-hmm. to connect. Um, I had known that we would maybe never be able to meet. I would have uh, tried harder to be in LA. I'm, it's a bummer, but yeah, I'm glad we're getting on together now. Well, this, you know, this is COVID just allowed us to, uh, to, to create the podcast in a new way that actually invites guests from all over the world to sit down and and chat with us now. So this is, this is actually, it's kind of, it's kind of panned out. Um, uh, why don't we, why don't we just like kick it right off with, um, with a little explanation from your end of what, what is O School? O-School is a trusted resource that helps people all over the world learn about sex, dating, anything that's around sexual wellness. And another way to look at us is we fill the gap online between Planned Parenthood and Pornhub. That is amazing. I love that. I'm writing that down. When I I was younger, I had the usual public school, STIs are bad, sex ed, minimal health information, but I also had a Catholic school, you know, gay people are bad and do not have sex until marriage. And so I am one of the people that I think would have been better off with no sex ed than the sex ed I received. And when I was building my tech career before this, I built accounting software and was a venture capitalist for a minute, just making, you know, online businesses better and helping online, you know, internet founders. And it was very ironic to me that even though I was investing in companies, building technology companies, none of this helped me when I was personally unlearning a lot of sexual shame. Uh, And that's why I started becoming obsessed with the space and started to ask these questions of what could be in the internet that's not porn or just medical health information. Hmm. I've noticed... Go ahead, Brad. I noticed there was a lot of... um... There was a lot of in the, the the titles of the blogs are so vast. Like the the stuff that they covered, I, I I had written some down. Something like you know, is masturbation a sin? All the way to like five great ways to sit on someone's face. And I it I noticed though over the whole all the headlines, there was kind of a recurring aspect of spirituality or like. Christian, I don't know Christianity specifically, but just this addressing a lot about the relationship between like pleasure and re- spirituality, religion, etc. Where that, where does that come from? When I started looking into the space, I found that there were amazing sex educators and organizations who were speaking to people who were on a road of sexual liberation and had a lot of already exposure to to topics around sexuality. What I found was sorely, sorely lacking, and it definitely lacked for me, was that for a lot of people, even clicking or looking at an article that's about something very explicitly sexual, 
is too much. And those are the people that we wanted to reach. The Kansas City person who's had only, you know, uh, been exposed to to very real, like a lot of religious shame, a lot of messages that sex isn't okay, sex is bad. And to reach those people, you need to do a lot of different things. And we also believe that those people who are in need of the most education probably lack the language. And so we actually speak, for example, like every sex educator will tell you it's a vulva, not a vagina. No one is Googling vulva, really. Right, now. right, right. And so O school, I partnered with one of the former engineering leaders at WebMD. She was with our first designer, first engineer, first woman, you know, technical person on the team at WebMD. And what WebMD did was similar. It's like, what are people searching in Google? And can we like give people medically accurate, great information? And that doesn't exist in the, the realm of sexuality. And an example of this is WebMD doesn't want to say the word blowjob. We will. We will use medically accurate mm. terms. And that's what I feel is missing. There's so many amazing resources out there, but not ones that a mass, you know, multi-billion person audience can access. And a lot of that is because people are starting way before, you know, face sitting 101. They're, where does my pee come out? Why can't I come? Can women come? Um, you'll also find that we have some controversial topics like how can I give? How can I get my wife to give me a blowjob? When we wrote that, there was like a lot of eyebrows, like why? But that's what people are searching for. And if we don't make content for them, they're still going to find Quora posts that are people being like, "You force her," or you know, like horrible, horrible, mm -hmm. horrible information. And so um, at O School, we like to go there. I love it. It's like you're meeting them where they're coming from. Like no judgment. I, how can I judge? How can I judge when I didn't even see myself naked till I was like a founder twice of a tech company? Does it make like I can't go out and judge people when I came to my sexual liberation really late? Like I went to Catholic school. I had a really you know conservative upbringing, and so I can relate to the person who can't see themselves naked or, you know, I have letters all the time of like, mm, is it normal that every time I take my clothes off, I cry and have a panic attack? Like those people are the people that I want to reach because, you know, they're not even ready to click on a vibrator ad or any, any sort of, of content in this space. Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. How, how do you go about like figuring out what what like okay for so so I'm sitting here as like a, as someone who feels like a, you know, I feel like a pretty um, sexually open and, and accepting and like sex positive human. Um, You just saying that the, the title of the article, like how do I, how do I get my wife to give me a blowjob? That's not something that I would even remotely comprehend as something that is needed. How do you, how do you, how do you come up with what, What's being Googled? What? Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you figure out like that? That's an article that needs to be touched on because, like, again, to me, it's like, holy fuck, wow, that's that's something. That's there's a there's a need for that. That's interesting. So, O School's a really boring, just very data driven company. We're not geniuses. We can't read minds. We rely on Google Trends, Google Search Console. We work. We, we rely on tools, and then we also have an, a history where we had data over like hundreds of live streams. And so we saw the live chat questions in the natural language. So all of these things combined gave us some of the insights and also Reddit forums, imager. Like I like to go where the trolls are. I like to go because inside of a troll's message is a lot of great data and insights. People just like to react and get upset. And like, I get kind of like fascinated and like, Ooh, see how they, massage that question or there's a there's a sliver of realness in there that we need to address and what i also don't like to see is when educators get angry at these questions because if you can't be ignorant to an educator then who can you be ignorant to right so if someone comes to me and they go well how can how can i and this has happened live in front of college audiences i've had people go like how do i get a girl to give me x y z right how can i get a girl to do anal how can i get a girl to do whatever and the 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 for me, the most important thing is I don't instantly shame that person because it's so easy to want to shame that type of thing. Like, you are rape culture. You are literal rape culture. You know how much, like, and I've seen this happen live, but that is a horrible thing for me to see as someone who is shamed constantly growing up because I don't use shame as a tool. What I'll do is I will not react. I will say, okay, let, let's let's think about this question. And so that's the approach we take at O-School is there are people who most people have never received consent education, sex education, queer education, yet they are punished pretty harshly for, um, for not knowing. And that's the punishment that I don't think we should do. Uh, we should, we should take, uh, you know, we should take seriously. I, yeah. Which, which I think is really, really interesting that you, you touch on that because it's, it, it is, it does seem to go against 
the the norm right now, which is like very you know that like like the the term cancel culture is just such a like is something that just like comes to mind when I hear you talk about this, which which stems from just like finding the thing that's wrong and then shaming it until it fucking disappears. Which I agree. Like I don't I don't think that's the way that that there's I don't think that I think there are more. Um, uh, valuable ways that we can have conversations that can actually like deroute maybe like toxic thinking or, 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 you know, toxic behavior. Um, what kind of like, I can only imagine that, that O school has faced its fair share of like, um, controversy in, in taking this approach. Like, do you guys, do you guys get a lot of shit? for for the for the approach that you're taking or or is it pretty like universally well received no absolutely there's controversy and absolutely people you know we get educated people are like actually you need to change this headline to instead for example our our name is o school people are like why o i'm like it's up to you you you, just, you know i don't we like it because it's not like orgasm school it's just like on the nose but some people even educators will come out and say you need to Orgasm's not the goal. Goal, you know, we you should be preaching non-goal-oriented pleasure, which is an amazing like you know thing. But I don't think anyone has ever Googled non-goal-oriented pleasure. They're searching for for <laughs> orgasm, and so I, you know, over, over every single approach we take, there's uh, criticism, and that is valid. However, you know, we think that there's there needs to be a place where it's okay to be ignorant, where it's okay to not understand things. Like there's certain lines, like you've had hundreds of years, I feel like, to not to take to overcome and to learn about racism. Right? Yeah. Like we won't, you know, if you're if you're angry at us because we have like a person of color and a stock image, like that, I'm not I'm not here for you. But if you like legitimately have never met a trans person and you can't speak in trans inclusive language, I went to UC Berkeley, one of the most like progressive campuses ever, and I didn't learn to speak in a trans inclusive way until I fell in love with a trans person at the age of like 25 and did made a lot of mistakes. Like, you know, it's, it's impossible, I think for people to catch up with all the things that you have to learn, unless it's a a passion of yours or if it's your identity. And we, we think that that's important to make space for those folks. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. I, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious to know, uh, I mean, you, you kind of touched on this, but how do you go from, how do you go from like, venture capitalist kind of like accounting software into like, like was this, was, was the transition from that into O school purely due to your own like self-realization that like, wow, what the fuck is my sexual education? Like where, where, where am I coming from here? Like, like were you just, was there one specific moment? Yeah. Like was there one (laughs) moment where you went, wow, I need to, I need to like unpack this. So, I th- you know, I would say that the major one was at the time that I was investing in companies, I was starting to figure out my sexuality and my career exploded. Like I was speaking internationally. I was just on it. And it was funny how people were like, what's going on with you? You're like killing it. And I'd make up some lie about like green juice or sprouted seed. But really <laughs> like the thing was like, I was like really coming into myself. And then sneakily i didn't tell people i was interested in it i just tried to invest in the space and i was Mm. denied from doing so so i wrote a book last year called sex tech revolution and i really focused on the financial structural aspects of what has kept the industry back and it was really that 
you know, juxtaposition for me is that this was something that was hugely having an impact on me. I was investing in companies that were supposedly changing the world, but it wasn't a, a sector that we were allowed to really go into as a fund at 500 startups. And that made me crazy. I started to really research and get deeper and deeper and deeper in learning about payment processing. Oh my God, Visa MasterCard and the, the big financial institutions that block these things. And that started to kind of lead into an obsession until finally the fund that I was at just pushed me out with my first investment and like a bunch of, you know, like, like positive words about, Hey, go do something here. You know, you're not gonna be able to invest here. So be that. And so back in 2015, 2016, Femtech was leading the way, right? You started to see menstrual care get investment, you know, Mm. utility care get investment. But at that point, anything that touched pleasure, people told me no institutional investor would touch this. And in the last four years, that has completely changed and it's continuing to change. And so I can't say that back then I even could conceive that there would be like a massive market. Obviously, intuitively, I was like, this must change. I'm not betting on a future where people are more sexually conservative. I will bet on a future that's, you know, more sexually open and, and healthy. And so that was, that's been great to watch because in a short time, we have seen that those perceptions really change. What, what do you think drove that, that change in perception? You know, like, like what, why, why in the last four years? Have we started to see more of a push in the in uh, like you know the right direction? One is the just general like pop culture trends. Fifty Shades of Grey made a hundred million, whatever, like sold a hundred million copies. You see Netflix shows like Gwyneth Paltrow and the Goop stuff. Love it or hate it, she's bringing more of this conversation into the light. So I think that. Um, financial institutions are the slowest to move, right? Visa, MasterCard, and all of that. However, in you know the last couple of years, you've seen like some acquisitions on the on on the precipice. So, not to get too technical, like I don't want to go too much in the finance world, but for me, when I see like those are the types of activities that that will will really speed up um, investment innovation is acquisitions, like mergers and acquisitions. So, like for example, P and P. P&G, like Procter & Gamble, acquired a company called This Is L that did like things in this space for a large sum of money. And when you see those things, that is an indicator. That's an indicator. Like basically when the suits start walking in, like the activists and the nonprofits have been here, right? Like for decades. I'm not claiming that old school is <laughs> yeah. any sort of original idea. It's not. And it's sadly, I think, partly because I built accounting software and all these things that I did get checks from like some of the, you know, pioneering uh for example we have the inventor of google maps who's put a, a many checks in o school and it's one of our large our biggest supporters his name is lars rasmussen he invented google maps he was a director of engineering at facebook you know when when those people started giving us money it it, it signaled to other people that this was something that you know and so partly it it was seen and that is sad right i don't think this is a great thing that that you know, once the money starts flowing into a space, it starts to move. But it's it's actually what I think did kind of lead off because again, it's not like it's a new idea. Like Carol Queen, who's a who's a friend of mine, and she's been doing this for decades at Good Vibrations, and we've just now started seeing the the markets shift. Um, I I found that so interesting. I was reading on on I think it was Monday morning, and I'm, I'm not sure what drew me to it. It was a, a, a um. Oh, I was on the Patreon on Patreon website and it was a blog post about um 
that that you were referenced in and we were going to be having this conversation and you right. were talking about how the censorship in place um by uh, like parental controls from the apple sort of community not like allowing your site to be be accessed lumping it in with you said i think the quote was they can't, they can't differentiate between um like child porn and like sex ed for teenagers essentially you know and what did you find out through that was that just part of the same sort of wildfire that went through you that was like i gotta get to the bottom of of like why this isn't i don't know i'm not gonna put words in your mouth (laughs) (laughs) so i'm not the only founder that's seen this like like Polly at Unbound, Alex Fine at Dame, Cindy Gallup, everyone's spoken about the unfair practices of like ads, right? So Facebook will deny ads for vaginal dryness, but approve them for erectile dysfunction is all that. At this time, you know, I, w- I wasn't really in that arena. We didn't sell toys at that time. And, you know, when I found out about the Apple's parental controls, it was purely someone on our team was literally searching for dulce de leche like a recipe for like, you know, uh, some dessert and leche in Spanish means like semen. And it was blocked out of the parental controls thing. And we started digging after that as a team, just digging and digging. And of course we didn't, we weren't surprised that we were blocked. We started seeing like, how come this site, you know, it was like daily stormer was okay. But like, you know, anything with teen in it, like Scarlet teen, like the even more educational and nonprofit version of O school was blocked. We were blocked. Like, and it was just something that we had to talk about because, again, I don't personally believe that any tech company is has it out for the space. I've spoken to the founders of some of these platforms about it, and they feel terrible about it. There are certain companies that really have a strong stance, Apple being a big one, right? So Apple is called the church. Like, it's a very conservative. And even, like, things like you can't show nipples on Instagram, you know? You know, again, I can't say on like I don't want to put words in, in the founders' mouths, but I've been to talks where I've heard you know the sentiments, and it doesn't seem like they cared. It was like, ooh, if we didn't do these rules, Apple was gonna come and like shut us down or kick us out of the App Store. Tumblr, I think something similar happened to. And so, oh. I, yeah, and that's oh. something that's something that people they think that there are people inside that want to keep sex tech out, but it's really the 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 fear that porn will proliferate or that child porn will proliferate or any of these things is enough to really shut it down. I wish, though, that people inside of these companies would invite educators and things to help make the algorithm smarter. But at the end of the day, I, I attribute it to mostly like laziness and like really, it's that simple. No, no advocates, no leaders who have a who have a belief in sexual wellness being important is, I think, the reason these things happen. I've always I've always wondered like I, whether or not it was a a human like a human problem or like an AI slash algorithm problem that that we've that we've run into here but it seems to be sort of a blend of both it's like there's 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 an there's a for i mean i'm not i have no like i'm so not tech uh so me saying ai is probably just not the right fucking term but for lack of a better term like ai slash you know algorithm it 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 seems to be the the problem exists there because there's a lack of 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 desire to really like really shape it out in a way where it where it works for everyone yet keeping like a certain population safe like is that is that seem to be what the problem is absolutely and they're afraid i mean some of these times like some of these companies have open sexual assault allegations against them and so you can imagine how sticky it is they just want to avoid it altogether but to your point Mm -hmm. 
humans teach machines what to do. If the humans don't know what to do, then the machines will definitely not know what to do. I mean, that for me, like I've been in tech for over a decade and whenever you're AI or algorithms, it's the limitations of it are the limitations of the people who program them. Mm-hmm. And so if tech has a white male problem and there's no diversity, then the algorithms will also have, like, those will trickle down. And so you're mm-hmm. absolutely right in that it's a blend of both. But again, I don't see it as this, you know, uh, this like, you know, it's not like they're they're trying necessarily, but they're not also trying to protect it either. And it's so much easier just to say, like, stay out. Like, even with the thing I just talked about, um, we were testing on the parental controls and it was anything with teen in it. So even if you were searching for like teen suicide hotline, it was getting, and that's an overuse of an algorithm. Yeah, it's like, yeah. okay, can we exclude other groupings? But if you're looking for, you know, teen sex or something like that, that's what they're trying to get rid of. But like, you know, 17 magazine was, was banned. It's just, for me, I see that it's laziness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It does a, such a huge disservice it to the, the potential audience that, those resources could help. I, I, I think this is just kind of occurring to me because I don't think about the tech world too much with regards to sex or really anything except for something I just have to deal with and I don't feel like aligned with it. So I'm, it's so curious to me to meet someone who has this alignment between your sexuality or, or your interest in like sex, sex education, as well as your like this tech tech background that you come from. And I'm wondering, is that like, is this a temporary alignment or do you feel like sex education is a part of like your calling? Very good question. I never imagined a, a career in tech. I will say I was a trained linguist um, when I was recruited to be in the accounting software, and I never had any accounting business or tech background when I built accounting software for three years. I was twenty years old. Like the only reason I did it, the, the thing that binds my career together is women believing bigger for myself than I believe for me. Like that's the only thing that binds it together because I was about to move to China forever to pursue linguistics and I get a call from my freshman roommate in college and she's like that's a dumb plan like I just got into Y Combinator like and I'm like what's that like which is one of the most prestigious and you know tech investors and I'm like what's that you know and Jessica Ma who was my freshman roommate was like I just got into here I'm gonna raise a million dollars like drop everything move to Mountain View California and just build this thing with me and it was really my loyalty to her and I was like all right I'll give this a year and help her because yeah that's cool and this was 2010. There were no women in tech in 2010. And so I was like, oh, she's a badass. I'll just help her. Got into there, you know, ended up like getting the trenches with her three years, super long journey, like just learned a lot. And then hopped into venture capital also because a woman was like, oh, you should work as a VC. There's not enough women in VC. Did that for two years. And sex, I feel like was something that I had, I became obsessed on accident. It wasn't, a, again, a career choice. It was just a thing that I needed when I was 16, 17, 18. And I feel like there's a point in career when you're like, if you don't build the thing you needed, who's going to build it? Mm. And uh, so that obsession led me here. And funnily, I think all of any of the progress we've been able to make in O school was due to my venture capital and accounting background. And so like that whole idea that you can't connect dots backwards, I've lived that. Like I, I felt like my life was off, off course <laughs> for a really long time. Until I finally started working on O school, and I realized that because I get a lot of at least ten a week, I get people wanting to get into sex tech, right? And 
you know, I really think there's something to be said about nonlinear paths because when people like have a goal, they just want to be a founder, raise the money. Like people, the number one question people ask me is how did you raise the whatever millions that you raised for O school? And, you know, I have to tell them like, Hey, I, I really worked for other people and worked in the space for six years before anyone would even, you know, consider giving me money. So to, to think that, you know, it, I, I want to encourage those people, but I also want to say that there's no such thing as that, like overnight, like, Oh, my dream is to be a sex tech founder. None of that ever crossed my head. It just, at the time that again, we didn't have, this wasn't solved by the internet. We have people inventing like every type of technology, but no one, like I didn't find a lot of people were innovating um, in a mass scale around sexuality. And again, it was that question of if I don't like who Mm. can. Mm -hmm. I I say the same shit to people who are like, I want to start a podcast. How do you, and I'm like, it's, it's, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it's like, it's, if you want this to be a thing, that's actually like your job. It's be, be, be prepared to like grind it out and to, and to like, just explore that space in every way that you possibly can and who knows what will come from it. But, um, I, you know, I think that's like a good sentiment to anything that you want to do in your life. Um, uh, I, I was, I'm really interested to talk to you about this because I don't think we've had anyone on the show who could speak to this. Um, and so I, I think you're, you're, you're the perfect one to go into it. I, I was, I was giving a talk the other day about, to a group about um, a group that that specializes in in um, digital health solutions and and I was talking about how you know we we at least here in in where where I'm from in Halifax Nova Scotia um, we don't have much in the way of digital health solutions or there's like a long way to go which I find really funny because you know like like Blade Runner was set in 2019. Like it is, it's 2020. We are literally living in the future now. And, and there's, there's so much, uh, there's so much technology at our fingertips that we can use in ways that we're doing right now that, that can be really beneficial yet. They don't, for some reason they haven't like, they haven't made that jump to, to other parts of our lives where it would be really valuable. Like in, the world of, of health, you know, like if I needed to go to a clinic visit for my chronic lung disease here, I'm doing it over the telephone as opposed to like doing it like we're doing right now where I can like actually see my doctor or, or whatever. Um, so having said that, there's, there's a, there's like, I'm really excited to see where the world ends up in the world of like health and, and tech and what we can, what we will see in the future, especially after COVID. Um, what are your thoughts on, on like, and, and maybe even from like a COVID perspective, what are your thoughts on us living in the future right now and where we see tech and sex merging together in the coming years? Like what's it, what's the future for sex tech look like? It's so important that we have people with different lived experiences and with a heart for for sexual liberation to be in those rooms that are designing that. Because one of the things that I always get asked is, is it sex robots? Is it going to be like teledeldonic futures, which is cool. Not trying to take away from the coolness, but that's not the future of sex tech that I'm invested in or trying to build. Like Mm -hmm. we still live in a world where most people do not have the basic health and sex information given to them. 
In the U.S. alone, it's the lowest sex ed we've had in the last 30 years. Half of schools do nothing. The half that do, two-thirds of them are abstinence only until marriage. STIs are at all-time high in the U.S. Teen pregnancy is on the rise because of the cuts that have been made to the teen pregnancy prevention program. Like, you have Elon Musk trying to do some crazy shit, with, like going to the moon, and we don't have a basic way of disseminating the, you know, fundamentally important sex, sexual health information. Mm. Right. And so the merging of the world, I'm, I'm encouraged post COVID. So to your point, I think health, the health telehealth is absolutely going to be on a rise. Um, I'm a huge climate change, you know, like, you know, buff and, you know, all of the um, like, you know, future of meat conversations are being pushed forward in this time. And I actually believe sex tech will be in this because now, especially if you just take out the like what should or shouldn't be, you just look at the markets. Investors today can't really be investing in travel or, you know, there's so many aspects of the world that are our way. And like if shelter in place is here to stay, which many people think it is, then sex tech and sexual wellness will be one of the counter cyclical spaces because one of the few things you can do at home is do each other and like have fun and like take care of yourself with sexual wellness. And so absolutely, I think that post COVID, we will see um, a new interest and a new wave of people interested because we want more innovators, right? Like I am excited for the days where not only the most diehard sexual wellness enthusiasts are in, right? Because we want to see many people with many different motivations coming in this space to, um, to push these kinds of things forward, whether it's telehealth, telemedicine, sexual therapy, like, like teledonics, dude, there's huge applications for it. And I'm very pro porn, pro future of porn. I actually just wrote a piece on how the whole porn industry is going to completely change because of COVID because porn studios Mm. can't support themselves. And so the creators, the porn performers have seized the modes of production actually right now. And only fans, fan centro are these platforms that are blowing up and the future of porn is going to Changed forever post COVID. Well, I mean, you're you're even seeing it on Pornhub. You know, like there's there's such a rise on Pornhub of like the I I forget what it's called, but it's like it's like Pornhub community. It's like these it's it's these couples in their home that are going all right. Well, we started a Pornhub account and we're charging for our videos, and it's like it there's it's like it's like early early 2019. The like like the incest sort of like world of Pornhub was like at an all time peak. And it now seems to be like, that's old news. And now what's new is this like rise of, of sort of DIY porn. Um, and like, I mean, only fans, Christ, like the whole controversy around Beyonce, like dropping one line about only fans in a, in a track last week. And it just like blows up this, this service that has, has been out there for, you know, a little while. Um, yeah, yeah, you're, it's it's fuck. It's going to be so fascinating to see what what the world of of online sex means after after COVID and and what like what we're still about to witness. Like it, it we're it's definitely we're definitely in like a, a really unique time for uh, in terms of like sexuality and and this is this, I'm, I'll, this is getting me all excited. I, this is great. Jeremy loves tech. We just had a we had a conversation with um, someone who is a sex doll vendor or an intimate partner alternative, and so it's interesting to have this conversation kind of on the heels of that because I think you've really kind of blown open the the world of of um, 
sex tech for me. I, I think it, it's one of those subjects that because it's linked with tech, I don't think about it and I don't really tend to dream about it. But you said you've referred to it a couple of times of like the version of it that you per, that you're investing in. And that's that's just so incredibly inspiring, particularly at this time when it's like, what is even a normal life going to look like and in and, and society and if it could be anything at all what could i dream it to be and uh so just thank you for remind reminding me of that and and i'm so curious to know what else like what else is, does it look like in 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 your vision of what's possible well sexual wellness i can take sex tech specifically talks about the new innovations, the new business models, the, you know, really fancy things you can put on a CES floor, which is awesome and all valid. However, sexual wellness is much bigger than that. And Mm -hmm. the thing I tell everyone, investors, doctors, everyone who comes to us is sexual wellness is more about wellness than sex. It's just like meditation. It's just like buying a yoga mat. Like I, you know, predict that people like doctors will prescribe vibrators one day. Like I predict that that will be a thing. Like they will prescribe lubricants. Like they would prescribe anything else. Just like some doctors, when someone has high blood pressure and stress, they're like, Hey, try yoga meditation, right? These are movements that sexual wellness is falling into. Um, a lot of people, when I started out, were like, go get funded by the cannabis people and the gambling investors. And I'm like, no, not that anything's wrong with that, but because the future is that buying a yoga mat is going to be the same thing as buying a vibrator. Like I am invested in that future and it's interesting, you know, you're not alone, right? Like a lot of people who, who come to me, like, I'm not interested in sex tech, but I'm like, you're a sex educator. You're literally, we're, we're on the same lines of liberation and tech is just a vehicle to get there. And to your point, Jeremy, it's funny when people think about innovation, everything innovation on the internet or technology wise started with the porn industry, right? Video streaming, payments, like everything that we rely on was mm-hmm. pioneered. And yet, as soon as the technology becomes mainstream, all of the sexual parts of it are wiped out, cleared out. It's like they ride, they, they innovate on the backs of the porn industry. And then they're surprised when, you know, the, their growth is fueled by there and then they kick them all out. It's a horrible, horrible cycle. And, yeah. and also to your point, I think the, the, the thing about, you know, the new OnlyFans, people are surprised at this, but also the gig economy, right? We saw people leave traditional jobs to kind of go and have the gig economy this is what I'm seeing now. It's like, you don't need a studio. You don't need, you know, someone like that. You can do it yourself and, and own more of your product, and own more of your brand and have a direct connection to the customer. We see this in other fields. We see this in, you know, Instagram influencers. We see this in so many podcasts, right? Are a form of this happening. And so I think like, I would love to see these conversations start to merge and that it's not this separate ecosystem that has to exist separate from what's happening and everything else. Because why are we always cutting sexuality away from the experience of being human? I don't Mm. understand that. And that's the thing that sex tech and sexual wellness is really bringing it back into the conversation. Mm -hmm. Do you work with, um, can you, can you uh, name some of the other sexual educators that kind of are in your orbit um, influencing the work that you're doing? Oh, I'm influenced by so many people and there are many, many Instagram accounts and organizations that do like great things. Um, so like I'm fans of salty, I'm fans of shrimp teeth, I'm fans of Afro sexology, I'm fans like in our orbit of educators, our medical review board is led by Dr. Yuchena Osai of UC Logic, um, who's an amazing pelvic floor 
you know, lice, like a practitioner, you know, is on the board of medical school, but also talks about sexuality in the, in the context of pelvic floor issues. Um, in terms of companies, there's really cool companies like, you know, Coral and like, you know, I can name so many that have come out. Like uh, Dipsy is an audio erotica company. You've got on the, the the product side so many Unbound, Dame products. Like again, just so many new companies doing things, and most of them are led by women or queer people, which I think is huge for the space. Um, you also have a lot of like the biggest unicorn in the space right now is uh, kind of probably arguably hence hers, which is a pharmaceutical kind of. Which, which again, there's a lot of controversy around that. But for me, I really believe there's room for so many types of innovators. Like we kind of see ourselves as a very like structured data and information and education. Like that's where we're, we're good, right? I think there's so many brands. Those mod. Oh my god, I'm huge fans of mod um, and what they've done in uh, again the product space. And uh, again, all of these companies have come around really like in the last five to six years and are just starting to 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 hit you know, um, some strides. And I think we're going to see a lot more. I think mm. you just, you just scheduled our third season of turn me on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, a, I'm going to go write. No, I'm not going to write any of this down. I'll, I'll write it down just later. Go back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then uh, yeah, and that's, that, that's our whole roster of guests for next I'm year. Just so happy for you that you're surrounded by people who are inspi- inspiring you. Yeah, I'm, I'm really, uh, it's good. It's good. I mean, and not just, not just for you, Andrea, but like for the, for the greater good of, of humans, you know, like the fact that the fact that you're surrounded by so many organizations, companies, and individuals who are, are, are like really lifting you up and, and, and in turn your, your company up to, to like, to change the world of, of sex education. Like that's just, we're all so much better off for it. So it's, there's something very like, there's something very exciting about that. We need, there are so many ways that this industry is nascent and we want more and more people. Um, that's actually why, like I put out that book, like sex tech revolution, like future sexual wellness, which I think that's why we were connected because we were kind of reaching out and I was like, so glad to, to, to see your podcast and all the ways that you're connecting with people around these conversations. And was because when I came to the space, there was like no, there was no information. Like you couldn't even Google it. There was not a lot of, of things. And so I put that together because I believe that, you know, even if O school doesn't make it, like we want to, we want to be the stepping stone for the next generation of, of people who are going to come in it. And um, it's, it's a community that again is, it's trying to reshape the conversation, right? Like, it's not like there weren't Lilo and Jimmy Jane and like all these other things before us. Like I always like to give homage to the people, like Good Vibrations personally, like that's the brand that I personally relate to because that's the one that, you know, I I really connected with when I was 18 years old and it was a retail experience and it was life-changing for me. And I think that we have to also never really think that we're disrupting anything. Like there's just generations of people who've been trying to do this and it just may be that like now is the time that people are going to start knowing about it but it doesn't mean that the innovators i just listed are by any means the first um we are just the ones that suddenly the financial world is, world has taken attention to for better mm. or worse, right mm-hmm. um on a personal level as uh, someone who works in the sex industry in a way do you feel um like 
the do you feel like your personal sex life is reflective of the sometimes I feel like we do the sex podcast and and I'm like but so you know people might think or I might think that I should have a like a great sex life or consistently like enlightened enlightened about sex or whatever and um, sometimes I'm like I it seems almost it, it seems almost like in spite in or not in spite of but because I have this podcast, sometimes it inhibits my own <laughs> relationship to my own sexuality. Do you mm. like? Do you feel like there's a there's a parallel going along with you and your what you're putting out there in the world, as well as what you're experiencing in your personal life? I will say I agree with you that it can be challenging, and absolutely, like the perception is that you know, like no one can have sex because like we're having it all, like in the space, right? Like I just yeah. I get that reaction all the time, and it's hilarious. I think like, like I said earlier, I have tons of issues. I'm not, I need a lot of education. Like half the stuff on O school, I'm like heavily reading and like, oh, I need this. Thank you. Thank you writers and educators for helping me. And I think that's important um, because also there is an unfair, I think that there's an unfair expectation for people in sex tech and sexual wellness to share about their sex lives way more than necessarily we should be expected to. It's almost like a tax you pay, like, oh, like entertain us with these these stories and so I've actually become way more guarded about my own also not just because of a need for privacy but because I believe that in education to connect with people you know I'll tell stories about how I struggled but as soon as you start talking about positive or braggadocious stories you actually distance yourself from the people mm-hmm. who really need what because they're like they, you become something they can't attain you become you know they it's not really it's not really helpful it's kind of like learning about you know uh i don't know like like fitness influencers like who are only like in the best shape possible right we need influencers at all levels of the journey so people can connect and i think like i am happily happily like a you know uh i was told by a partner that like i dress like a kindergarten teacher and like that helps because you know like like i I feel like some people think that to be in this industry um you know, there's expectations, there's unfair expectations put on people to be sexy. And it's like, no, sex tech is not sexy. This is the thing that people get wrong. Um, sex tech <laughs> aren't sexy. They just are what they are. Good point. Yeah. yeah. That, that, like, what does that, what does that make you think, Bridie? Like when you, how does that, how does that answer speak to you? Cause I find that, I find that very, like very, I agree. Like I, I agree that there is this sort of like this expectation like as a as like the sex podcast host to I, be some sort of freak and i'm like you know not even just a freak just to like be able you know if i have a breakdown in in communication i can't communicate about yeah. about sex for some for some reason with my with my partner and i get the but you host a sex podcast like thing thrown at me i'm like I, this is the education that I needed. This is, this yeah. is, this is, we created Turn Me On because I didn't have a sex education. I've only started my journey like three, three years ago, you know, mm-hmm. like talk about, and yes. And when we started, so like, I don't know, Jeremy and I are married and we have an open relationship and we see other people. And when we first started the podcast, primarily we were telling our own stories and to each other and, and, and yeah, after a while too, it was just like, there's, I have a limited experience, like super limited experience. So 
more and more, especially because now I have a partner that's more private and I don't, I don't talk about my experience so specifically. Um, I'm like, oh, there is something kind of nice about just being back here with my sexual issues and having conversations with other people about what they do, not assuming that they have it all right either. Mm -hmm. Like I identify a lot with like the creating and the building and that creative energy for me. Like I tell us all the time, like there were moments during old school's journey that I was like, I called myself creatively celibate. Like I was just like so turned on by the work that like it, and I thought that was like a positive thing. And that that surprised a lot of people to even hear um, that like for me, you, you, sexual liberation has nothing to do with the sex you're having or the amount of sex you have or how open. Like it really doesn't. It's about like how comfortable you are. And so if you are asexual and you're like living your best life sexually, then for me, you're sexually liberated. Like it has nothing to do. And if mm. you want sex one time a week in the missionary position with absolutely nothing interesting about it and you are still you know, affirming and, and supporting all your friends with their kinky poly, like orgy lifestyles, that's also sex positive and sexually abraded. Like, I think that's, we need those people in our, our, our audience. Just like, it can't just be queer people in the queer community. You have to have allies. Hmm. Yeah. Good point. This is uh, ah, this is, this has been such a wonderful, like uplifting fucking <laughs> chit chat. Like Agreed. it's honestly, it's like made my Tuesday afternoon uh, all that much better. And it was already going great. So um, Andrea, I want to, I want to say thank you for, for taking the time to sit down and chat with us. Uh, what, uh, let, let everyone know who's listening where they can find uh, all the stuff that you're up to and all the awesomeness that you put out there. We would love people to email us any questions that ask at ODOT school, like literally everything. We love it. Um, we are also really excited about our orgasm order form, which is an experience we created to help people, um, you know, have awkward conversations about what they like in bed. It's modeled after ordering a sandwich or a burrito at Whole Foods. Like you can say like, yes, tomatoes, no onions, yes, lettuce. But like, what about, you know, like, oh, touch my clit on the left-hand side of the counterclockwise motion for 20 minutes, like stuff like that. <laughs> and so um, we, have a, we have a piloted experience that we'd love people's feedback on. Just go to o.school, that's our whole URL, is o.school. Amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, and, uh, and everyone, you know, if you, if you forget anything you've heard here, uh, it's, it's all going to be in the show notes. Uh, go check it out. Cause ODOT school is up to some really, really cool shit. Uh, Andrea, thank you so much. And thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we will be back next week as we always are with another wonderful conversation. In the meantime, you can follow us on Spotify, go to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and review, all that stuff that we say every week. And uh, if you want to support the podcast uh, further than that, it would mean the world to us if you went over to patreon.com slash turn me on. If you want to reach out for, uh, for any other reason, questions, comments, feedback, brain boners, uh, you can email us at turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com or through our website, turnmeonpodcast.com. Or that is it our DMs the, in Instagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah, slide into the DMs on Instagram. That's always, always fun. Uh, that is it for this week. Until next week. Go fuck yourself.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.